Hebrews uh, 11, verse 8, which continues from where we were last week. So we read, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when tested, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And in manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. They were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after, which the, army, after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Robert Rahab, uh, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. 
And what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised back to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they may gain an even better resurrection. Some faced years and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Good morning. Good to see you all. Please do turn back in uh, your Bibles uh, to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. It will, um, you'll find it helpful to have it uh, open in front of you as we go through. Now, life is hard, isn't it? Um, for many, uh, each day is a struggle. Uh, it was hard anyway. Uh, the winter was going to be difficult to get through, uh, and then we have uh, a huge flood uh, hit the town. Uh, when, um, when life is hard, when, when we hit huge trials, uh, how do we keep going in our faith? Last week, I said that faith is a confidence in things unseen and it will bring a commendation from the unseen God. But David, that doesn't help me today. That doesn't help me in my day-to-day -day struggles. And even if that happens one day, how do I keep going now? I just need to focus on surviving. I can't live in light of things that are unseen. The things that I do see give me far too many problems let alone uh, worrying about something that I can't see. How does faith help me there? Uh, how can I keep my faith going? What does it even look like uh, each day uh, to have faith? Why isn't it helping me in this life? Why do I still have so many difficulties? Those are uh, some of the questions that this passage uh, will hopefully begin uh, to answer. It will seek to show us what faith looks like and how we can continue to live in faith uh, no matter what life throws at us. 
Uh, we're continuing in chapter 11, as, as has been uh, mentioned and uh, read, um, and we're continuing with our examples of faith. Uh, let me briefly give the structure of the passage. It starts um, with Abraham, uh, the greatest example of faith uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, we get seven examples of faith from around Abraham. Uh, the first four directly related to him, uh, and then three that came after him. Uh, we then get the same with Moses, starting in verse 23. Seven examples of faith, four of which uh, are directly related to him, uh, and three that then came after. Uh, and then starting in verse 32, we get um, a list of six names of people with faith that there isn't time to tell of. These cover the period from moving into the promised land uh, through to the early uh, monarchy. Uh, and they're not in chronological order um, because um, that's not important. Um, it's meant to be a representative sample that brings to mind a much larger group who are then further represented by um, the outcomes, uh, a list of outcomes of faith. Uh, some of these examples uh, of outcomes of faith were carried out by the six names uh, that were given, and um, others by people that came after them, and people even right up into uh, the New Testament. Uh, we could go through the list in um, verse 33 to 38, uh, of outcomes of faith, and put names next to each of uh, the examples. But that would defeat the point. Um, it's meant to be an open-ended list. Uh, multiple people did each of these, and it shows the types of things that faith uh, can achieve. The first half are positive results of faith. Uh, the second half are not. Uh, now, these people in chapter 11 are often called heroes of the faith. The thing is, they're not really heroes. Some of them did horrendous things. Um, if they had had statues erected, their statues would have been pulled down today. Now, was the author unaware of that? Um, is he guilty here of hagiography uh, when a writer idolizes someone to the point of erasing their bad traits and making them out to be a saint? Well, no, the author is not unaware of the bad that they did, uh, of their lack of faith. But in a way, that's the point. Um, these are not heroes. They're not saints. They're just normal people. Some of whom made huge mistakes, and yet to whom God granted faith and performed wonders through their faith. And that shows the connection between them and his readers. If they can have faith despite their failings and be used by God in marvelous ways, then so can you. If they can still be commended by God despite their major slip-ups, then so can you. As we go through, we slowly transition from the, the huge mega stars of the Old Testament uh, to ordinary Christians. Uh, and we see that there's nothing special about any of them. We can have the same faith that they did. A faith that endures. A faith that keeps going despite trials. A faith that can keep going uh, no matter what life uh, brings our way. 
Hopefully that helps to give some bearings um, in this uh, long uh, passage. Uh, and we need that because we, what we find here, as is often the way in Hebrews, um, is that the author keeps circling around at the same few points, uh, each time looking at them from different angles and, and adding a different element uh, to it. Um, so we're not going to work through the passage in order. We're not going to work, um, go through um, each example of faith uh, looking at them in detail, because one, we'll end up repeating ourselves, um, and two, you really would need those sandwiches that I mentioned last week. Uh, instead, what we're trying to answer is what's the point in this? And what is he trying uh, to teach us? And so to answer that, we'll have to uh, jump around somewhat, uh, going through, drawing out the relevant bits uh, for, for each point uh, as we go. So I hope you can follow. Uh, We have three points this morning. Firstly, faith is recognized in obedience. Secondly, faith remains without receiving promises. And finally, faith rewards with something better. Faith is recognized in obedience. Faith remains without receiving promises. And faith rewards with something better. So firstly, faith is recognized in obedience. Have a look down at verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham obeyed, we're told. His faith led him to obey what God told him to do even though he didn't know where it would lead him. His faith resulted in obedience. He obeyed because of his faith, and so his faith can be seen in his obedience. We know that he had faith because he obeyed. This is a theme um, that we see throughout this passage, that faith leads to obedience. We see it again with Abraham in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. God had promised that Abraham would have children that were as innumerable as the stars. He had one son with his wife, Sarah, and then God told him to sacrifice that son. Surely that would have put an end to the promise. He wouldn't have any descendants at all, let alone a multitude. And yet he was willing to obey. His faith meant that he would obey God, even if that meant killing his only son. Because his faith told him that God's promise would still be fulfilled. He knew that even something like sacrificing Isaac would not prevent God from keeping his promise. We can't move on from this without recognizing who this points us towards, can we? The one who did obey God 
unto death, even death on a cross. The one of whom it looked like the promise was about to fail. As Jesus died, people said he saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. So much for being the king at Jesus. You can't even save yourself. But Jesus knew that his death would not be the end of the promise. But in fact, it was through his death that the promise would be fulfilled. It was through his death that he would save the world. And so he obeyed. He had faith in the plan that he had made with the Father, and he stuck at it till the end. What a saviour we have. Back to Hebrews 11. Have a look at verse 23. <coughs> By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. God may not have commanded them to hide Moses, but this was still an act of obedience. They saw that there was something special about him, we're told, and so their faith resulted in disobedience of the king's edict in order to obey what they knew God wanted. At verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched round them for seven days. And we could go on, but the point is this. Faith is recognized in obedience. And interestingly, if you read many of the accounts in the Old Testament, uh, you would say that they don't look much like faith. Uh, When the people got to the Red Sea, they were afraid. They grumbled. They wished they were back in Egypt. It did not look like they had faith. And yet when it came down to it, they obeyed. Even if it was reluctantly, they crossed that sea. They did not turn back. They did not surrender to the Egyptians. They went across, and as far as Hebrews is concerned, that is faith. It was their obedience that counts. That's reassuring, isn't it? That at the end of the day, it comes down to obedience. Even if that is reluctant, Even if we spend ages trying not to obey, in the end, it is obedience that shows whether we have faith. And the reason that obedience shows, uh, the reason that obedience shows faith is because often the outcome isn't clear. When they crossed the Red Sea, they didn't know uh, what would happen. When Abraham left his home, he had no idea where he was going. We could go through them all, But often they didn't know why they were having to act. They didn't know what the outcome would be, and yet they obeyed anyway. They had confidence in the unseen, like we thought about last week. You see, faith is not just something cognitive in our minds. Faith is not just a thought, but it's seen in obedience. Now, apologies if you've had this illustration before. Um, Does anyone here know who Charles Blondin was? 
a few, I can see a few nods, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Charles Blondin was a tightrope walker. Um, in 1859, he performed many tightrope walks across uh, the, Ni the, the Niagara Falls between the USA on one side uh, and Canada on the other. Now, in order to draw the crowds, um, each time he did it, he needed to make it uh, more interesting. Uh, and so he found many different ways of crossing, each time increasing the risk factor. The story goes that on one of these crossings, he took a wheelbarrow with him, pushing it along the tightrope as he went. Uh, having successfully crossed over Niagara Falls with his wheelbarrow, when he reached the crowd, he cried, he cried out, Who thinks I can push this wheelbarrow back with somebody in it? The crowd whooped and cheered, Yes, we believe. And then he said, Right, who's going to get in then? Unsurprisingly, the crowd went quiet. You see, it's one thing to say, yes, I believe. It's another thing to show that belief in obedience. For those who refuse to get in the wheelbarrow, you have to question, did they really have faith? Did they really trust in Blondin's ability? And it's the same here. If faith is recognized by obedience then where there is no obedience, it has to beg the question, is there faith? That does not mean there has to be perfect obedience. That does not require obedience without doubts. These examples of faith are helpful in showing us that. They're not heroes. But the important question at the end of the day is, do you obey? Even if you don't understand why God asks something, are you still willing to obey him? Is your desire to obey him? Because you trust him and you trust what he says. Do you see obedience to God in your life? Because if you do, then you are counted amongst these heroes of the faith. Your name could be added in here and it would not be out of place. So let your faith be seen in your obedience. That won't be perfect. You'll mess up. But make that your desire to live in obedience of God, to live in obedience of Jesus, your Savior, the one who obeyed unto death. Not an obedience that comes out of duty, not because you have to, but because you trust. You trust the one who saved you. And why wouldn't you obey the one who you trust and who has done so much for you? Faith is recognized in obedience. Secondly, faith remains without receiving promises. Faith remains without receiving promises. Why is it that they can have faith to obey like this? Well, because God promised. God has made promises that they can look forward to. 
that they can trust. And so those promises help them to act in faith. However, what is striking in this passage is that they don't receive the promises. That point is made a few times. And verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. And then again, um, at the end of the passage in verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. They didn't receive the promises in their lifetime. They died without them. That's a long time to wait for something and to still not receive them. Some of them may have received something, a partial fulfillment, but none of them received the promises in full, not what they were really waiting for. Because, you see, they were looking beyond. They were looking and waiting for something better. Um, Abraham was from um, Ur, uh, but he had moved to Haran. Uh, When they first left Ur, he had no promises, uh, but he went. Uh, Then while in Haran, when he was 75, God told him to leave his land um, to a land that he will show him. So Abraham went, we're told. But at this point, he still wasn't promised the land. He was told he would become a great nation and that all nations would be blessed through him. But God did not say, "Um, go and I will give you a land to inherit. It was only after he obeyed, while on his way, that he got another uh, promise that he would inherit the land. However, that didn't happen fully, not in his lifetime. But even that wasn't what he was looking to. We're told in verse 10 that he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He did not go in order to inherit the promised land. He obeyed God because he was looking for a greater city, a heavenly city. We see that in verse 16. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. He died without receiving that, and yet he still had faith. He continued to obey throughout his life, even though he didn't receive the promise. And it's the same with the other examples. Moses chose to be mistreated rather than enjoy the treasures of Egypt because he was looking for a reward, we're told in verse 26. He had everything in Egypt, He left it all, and he still didn't receive the promise before he died. Some of the Israelites did get into the promised land, but that still wasn't the promise in full. And then we get all the examples in verse 32 to 38. They did some amazing things. Some of them had wonderful victories as the outcome of their faith. It wasn't easy getting there. And even then, even in those victories, they still hadn't fully received the promises. Others did not have a positive outcome to their faith. They were tortured, mocked, and flogged. They were stoned, sawed, and killed. They were destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. 
their faith did not end well for them. And they certainly didn't receive the promises before they died. So the question is, was their faith worth it? Why did they do it? Why did they keep going in faith? Uh, How were they able to have such faith when they didn't receive the promise? I think verse 13 gives us two answers to that question. Verse 13 says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the the things promised. They only... Sorry, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They didn't receive the things promised, but they saw them. I I love this phrase. They saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They saw that they were coming. Hello, welcome. And that was enough. That was enough to keep them going. When somebody is stuck and awaiting rescue, it's often not the point of rescue that enables them to keep going, but it's catching a glimpse of their rescuer coming. I've often enjoyed watching Saving Lives at Sea, a documentary that follows the RNLI, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution. If somebody is in the sea, they're being dragged out by the current. They often say afterwards that the moment of seeing the big orange boat appear on the horizon is the point at which they could breathe knowing that rescue was coming. They welcome their rescuers from a distance. Now there is hope when there was none. And so I will keep on swimming for that little bit longer because I have faith that they are coming and that they will rescue me. That's what all these people had. They didn't receive the promises in life, but they saw them coming. They saw that glint of orange on the horizon. They welcomed its coming and they kept going in faith, knowing that if they kept going, then it would reach them. The other reason verse 13 gives as to why they could keep going in faith despite not receiving the promises is that they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Um, Notice here that it is not just that they were foreigners and strangers in the land. Abraham was sometimes described in that way But this is not talking about Abraham being a stranger as he journeyed um, to the land, but they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Even once they were in the promised land, they were still strangers and exiles. In other words, they acknowledged that earth is not their home. Not ultimately. This was not their final resting place. They knew that one day, They were going somewhere better. They had that expectation that they weren't settled. This is how Peter addresses his readers in 1 Peter 2. Dear friends, he says, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. You are foreigners and exiles, he says. This is not your home, not ultimately. So don't get too comfortable. 
This is another reason as to why I think they could live out their faith. Because they knew that this wasn't their home. And when you know that you're not at your final destination, then you can put up with being uncomfortable. You can put up with some inconveniences because you know that you're not going to stay. You know that you're going somewhere better. That's what verse 40 uh, says. And verse 39, we were, they, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us. They had faith despite not receiving the promises because God had promised something better. We'll come on to what that something better is briefly in our final point. But first, how do we live in faith when we don't receive the promises? Well, in the same way. Because we can greet them from afar. In fact, we can greet them as being much closer than they were for those in the Old Testament. The promises are no longer just an orange dot on the horizon. We can see them in crystal clarity. We can read the serial number of the boat. We're just waiting to be pulled on board. We must keep remembering God's promises. Keep on greeting them, welcoming them. And that will help us to keep living out in faith. And as well as that, we are to acknowledge that we're foreigners and strangers on earth. Earth is not our final home. Many people in Stapleford had to leave their homes over the weekend. That is horrendously difficult. Our love and prayers go out to them. They will have a long road ahead of them. And yet, for Christians who've had to leave their home, for Roy and Maureen, as we heard about earlier, this will be different. They can know that they are strangers and exiles on earth. So their home isn't their final destination. They have a far greater home awaiting them. That will not take away the trials. That will not mean that it's not a problem. But it does change it. As they go through the difficulties of the coming months in trying to return home, they can keep going in faith. Faith remembering that this earth, on, on the earth, we're only here temporarily anyway. Faith that something better is coming. You see, we will not receive the promises in full before we die. But our faith does help in life's difficulties. It does give what we need each and every day as we face the troubles and the trials that life throws at us. Because it lifts our eyes beyond them. We can greet the promises, seeing that something better is coming. Faith remains without receiving promises. And finally and briefly, briefly faith rewards with something better. Faith rewards with something better. Uh, we saw that in verse 40. God had planned something better for us, it said. But what is the something better? Uh, what are we waiting for? What, keeps, what makes keeping faith, even when the promises aren't received, worth it? 
Well, that question isn't fully answered in this passage. Uh, Some of that answer will have to wait, uh, but we get some hints here, uh, and we'll also have a, a slight sneak peek forwards. The whole of verse 40 says, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. What is the promise? Well, it's to be made perfect. They had to wait for the promise. It couldn't be fulfilled because something had to happen first. It wasn't until Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice, bursting through the curtain that they could receive the promise. That needed to happen first before they could be made perfect. It all needed to happen together. But now that Jesus' sacrifice has been made, the promise can now be fulfilled. Everything is in place, but it's still not fulfilled fully. That will all happen together. God is being patient. He is waiting for everyone who will be saved to have faith. And then Jesus will return and all his people will be fully perfected. Those who died will get their bodies back and we will get to the heavenly Jerusalem. That's what Abraham was looking forward to all those years before. A city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse 16 says they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. That's what these Old Testament people were waiting for. The heavenly Jerusalem. Mount Zion. And we'll see more of that in chapter 12. That day will come. Something better will come. The reward is coming for those who have faith. But first, we have to wait. They had to wait for Jesus' sacrifice. That's now happened. We have to wait as God is being patient. But it will come. It may not come till after we have died, as it did with all of these. We may die without receiving the promise in full, but that won't put an end to the promise. Death does does not end the promise. It will still come, and it's our faith that can keep us going while we wait. One commentator said, Faith is seen as the force that sustains people of God in the face of opposition, enables them to overcome their fears, and ultimately leads to miraculous deliverance. Far from being something that makes life harder, faith is the thing that can get us through. It can sustain us to the end. It can work wonders through us in the face of huge struggles. And it will reward us with something better. Sometimes it may be that our faith leads us into extreme difficulties, but it will never leave us there. Sometimes it may seem like the easy way out is to abandon our faith, but that will never pay in the long run. Instead, faith will take us through. We remember that we're heading somewhere better. We remember the promise. We greet it from afar. And we live in light of it, knowing that if we have faith, then we have been commended As the second half of verse 16 says, Therefore God is not ashamed 
to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God is not ashamed of us. What a wonderful thought. If we have faith. And so no matter what struggles we face this week, we remember the reward that will come to those with faith. We greet the promises, reminding ourselves of them, despite not receiving them in full. And we live out our faith in obedience to God. He can be trusted. So live out your faith in obedience to him this week.